Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space Podcast. I am your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, I just want to thank the sponsors of this episode, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space podcast is Dr. Ndidi Unaka. Dr. Unaka is a pediatric hospitalist, and she is the Associate Pediatric Residency Director at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. She is here to discuss and take us through the process of her writing a wonderful and incisive and important perspectives piece in the recent Journal of Hospital Medicine, and it was entitled, Truth Intention, Reflections on Racism in Medicine. It's a superb piece of writing. It's a critically important piece of writing. And we do what I really like to do when I have an author come on is to move around the process and move around the edges to learn about the situational awareness and the strategic view that brings us something like this. And that's even more important here because it's important that you as the listener and that we as a community read this article and share this article and learn from and act on this article. You can also hear Dr. Unaka on Monday, July 20th at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 Eastern on a panel entitled The Impact of Racism in Medicine as part of the Virtual Pediatric Hospital Medicine 2020 Annual Meeting. Pediatric Hospital Medicine has gone virtual this year, and there is a link to that in the show notes, so you can certainly check that out as well. I will also invite you to check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. You can find me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. Definitely subscribe to Explore the Space wherever you like to download your shows. Please do leave us a rating and a review as well. That really helps the show out. Dr. Unaka's essay, Truth, Intention, Reflections on Racism in Medicine, is excellent. It's available open source. There's a link in the show notes. Please read it. Please share it. And without further ado, Dr. Ndidi Unaka. Ndidi, welcome to Explore the Space. Thank you so much for coming on. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure. This article that you wrote in Journal of Hospital Medicine and my affinity for the Journal of Hospital Medicine, I think we've I've made plain in this space over the last few months. The title of the article that you wrote, Truth, Intention, Reflections on Racism in Medicine. I'm looking at it again. And as we're actually starting this conversation, it clicked for me why the title resonated with me so much. The use of the word tension. That word has come up over and over and over. I have that line that I like to, to share with people step into the tension. It, it, literally, this 
instant resonated with me that, oh my gosh, you, you chose that word. That word is here. Can we start there? Can we start with tension? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I was really thinking about this piece in the midst of really trying to process the murders of George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and just thinking about the countless other Black people who have been uh, murdered at the hands of police, you know, I was just thinking about my experience within academic medicine and what we stand for within healthcare. And I was really struggling with who we say we are, who we um, aspire to be, and what the reality is. There, There was just a tension there. And it just made me reflect on just our current state in our country and the tension that lies within, again, what core values we espouse, um, and then just the tension within what I do every day as a physician and my experience, my lived experience as a Black woman. And it just, I think the word just really captured how I was feeling and what I was trying to process at the time. It's one thing to acknowledge tension. And as you just described, you found yourself experiencing that sense of tension. It's one thing to, to acknowledge it and say, yep, this is where I am. I have, the, I have enough situational awareness to understand this is where I am. Then you have the opportunity to decide how you wish to respond to the tension. And I think it's interesting, commendable, and, and, and inspiring that you chose to step into it. We know it's hard enough to sit in front of a blank computer or a blank piece of paper and start writing regardless of the subject matter. With subject matter like this, you still chose to do that. And that's where I actually I'm, I have a lot of curiosity and I'd love to kind of gather the steps that you moved through to take that step and to, to begin to write on this, to, to take a step into tension, to write about the subject matter of tension. Yeah, no, I honestly, it was, it was, it was really important for me to do it. You know, I was struggling with trying to process what is currently going on in our country, thinking about, you know, the pandemic um, and how it's impacting everyone around me, impacting the patients and families that I care for, its impact on um, the Black community, and then trying to think about the tension that I feel coming to work as I'm trying to process this. You know, it it, it is really interesting. I think my role within the academic institution that I come to every day is I find a lot, I I feel privileged in that, in that role, but it comes with a weight, right? So I am trying to think about how I navigate this world just as an individual citizen, as a black woman, how, how do I think about what's going on yet stepping into a world where I have to be at my best for my patients, for um, the trainees that I encounter with, I encounter every day and how I support them. And there was just a lot of angst there. Um, I was also just thinking about how I wrestle with, you know, the, the role I have as a physician to try 
and heal and, you know, really try and build strong therapeutic relationships with my patients and families, but struggling with the fact that not all of my patients and families um, are able to benefit from what we have to offer. And those inequities are just seeped in the structural racism that we have here in our country. And just just processing all of that, it just felt it just felt like I needed to get it down on paper. Um, and I think that process was really therapeutic and it really helped me think about like why I why I went into medicine, the joy I have in medicine, but also where we fall short. Um, and it was, it, it, I mean, I think it's just such a complicated thing. And I think we within healthcare really need to reconcile where we are and, you know, how we can do better. It's interesting to hear you describe this because I, so now I get to the other thing that I'm really curious about because when I read the article, I felt like I was being guided by an expert hand at using a journalistic tool. It's not long, right? Your word count here is not huge. This is not long form essay writing. It's a perspectives piece. But we go on a journey of serious intensity with many examples over time. Had you done this before? Had you had you taken readers on this journey? Had you practiced even just for yourself? Had you ever done this before as an exercise either for publication or just as an exercise of self-expression using writing as a tool? You know, this was actually the first perspective that I had ever written, wow. um, and, you know, and I was really, you know, blessed to do it alongside Dr. Kim Reynolds, who was a former resident of mine uh, and is currently in Miami. Um, but I do enjoy writing. Um, it's usually how I process things. And, you know, I was really just trying to think about the multidimensional problems that we are facing in medicine. You know, it's not just, it's not just being, you know, a black physician in medicine and um, the issues and um, experiences surrounding that. Um, it's also thinking about how structural racism impacts our patients and families and the history behind what our families experience, you know, thinking about just how historical mistrust has manifested itself through the exploitation of black and brown people throughout history. Um, and it's also thinking about, you know, we talk a lot about social determinants of health. Um, and I think trying to make the connection between the, you know, the fact that we're talking about social determinants of health and how those are so rooted in the structural and inequities that we have in our country and how when we think about health and well-being as a whole, um, how can you be healthy when you have so many external influences that impact your ability to come to the doctor on a regular basis, prioritize the things that we as physicians, are, are my lights going to be turned off? Um, how can I deal with what's happening at my job? How can I deal with the fact that I'm just trying to ensure that there is appropriate food on the table for my kids. Um, and, you know, those those issues disproportionately impact our communities of color. Um, and it's just something that I have been just really grappling with. And, you know, it was something that I really wanted to articulate in this in this paper. 
the the thing that I picked up on, and, and I also want to, because hearing that you've done some writing before for me is is informative. The style that you use in the piece, I liked a great deal because there is not a word wasted. There is there's zero fat on the bone. It, this is all just it's a it's it's a it's a straight shot and when the, when someone's writing like that for me it instills a sense of urgency that was the takeaway that I got as I'm reading the the facts and the theses and the takeaways all of it was instilled with the subtext of urgency was that part of your work or is that me as the reader kind of finding my own my own narrative no, that's exactly right. I mean, I do feel that we are truly at a crossroads. You know, I it's just funny how how the the, the sharp focus on what is happening um, in our country. I think it gives me a bit of hope um, in that there is this sense of urgency, um, and I. I just don't think we can waste this moment. Um, the fact that there has been such um, a, a sense of reckoning, this is not energy that we can just squander. And I think the urgency has been there, but it has been something that only a small group of people have felt. I haven't, haven't seen this collective sense of urgency like I see now. You know, I think that urgency comes from a place of, you know, I of just trying to be action oriented. You know, I think it's really important that we talk about issues related to structural racism bias and how we can combat it. But I think talking about it, uh, making sure we're educated about it is only one piece. Um, and I think the urgency around how we can be action oriented to dismantle um, the structures that we have in place that breed these inequities is just super important for us to focus on. Um, it's important for our patients. It's important for those of us who are in academic medicine who are responsible for our patients. Um, it's important for us um, who experience, you know, the struggles within academic medicine as underrepresented minorities such that we can continue to grow and thrive in this environment. Um, and so there's definitely a sense of urgency. I like the way you describe this because I hear on the one hand words like waste and squander and then in juxtaposition urgency and action oriented. How do we make it so that as we as the as time rolls forward days and weeks and we are in this crossroads how do we make it so that urgency and orientation towards action are where we continue to move as opposed to sliding towards waste and squander yeah you know i think it takes a lot of intentionality i think it yeah. takes having these conversations at the levels of under um, graduate medical education, thinking about our students, how who needs to be involved in the conversations to ensure we have things in place such that, that we are not only prioritizing diversity, um, but we are actually cultivating an inclusive environment. And the same goes for when we're talking about our trainees and our faculty in academic medicine. You know, I, I think about it, you know, I love sports and I kind of think about diversity and inclusion from the aspect 
of, you know, being an athlete, you know, diversity to me means being, you know, invited to be a part of the team in name only, you know, my name is on the roster, which is great, right? But it's not enough if I don't get to practice, if I don't get to go on the road trips with the team. And if honestly, my, my name being on the roster means that I'm, I'm there only just to sit on the sidelines without an opportunity to really contribute or be a part of the community, right? And so I think we have to think about what we need to do to make sure that our students, our trainees, our faculty are in inclusive environments. Um, And I think that's not an easy thing. And then we have to think about this on the patient aspect as well. Um, I think we need to really push for how we share data um, that really highlights inequitable practices and really have tough conversations about what we are going to do about it. Um, And I think without those types of conversations, without accountability from leadership, I think we will continue to really struggle in this space. So I love the sports analogy. I'm a huge sports fan as well, but I want to, so let's spend some time there because I think you hit on something that's really important. You say you've got somebody on the roster and are they there just in name only? And I think medicine can, can fully acknowledge that we struggle with that too. But I think we can also say if we're going to put someone on the field, they need to be fairly compensated for getting on the field. And this is also someplace where medicine has struggled, where they say, Hey, can you be on this committee? Can you do this project? Can you do X, Y, and Z? You know, we've talked about this on explore the space before, right? You, You get on that hamster wheel and it doesn't stop and it will take and take and take. If we're going to now be asking people to do this sort of work with this level of urgency and this much at stake, if we're asking people to take the field, what is your vision, first of all, of the importance of making somebody feel whole around the work? And then how do we actually make that implemented? And I ask that because there's the the wonderful medical student, uh, Lash Nolan, she talks about this. She talked about yeah. this actually on Explore the Space, but she talks about it on her social media feed pretty openly. Like, look, I'm a medical student. My job right now is to learn how to be a doctor. And that's plenty hard. If you're going to ask me to do these other things, you've got to make me whole somehow. I'm so oh, yeah. proud and excited that she's putting that out there. And she is a hundred percent right. We have to make sure that we're making people whole if we're going to ask them to take the field. Absolutely. I feel her on that 100%. And, you know, it's such it's such a tough thing, right? Because, you know, the activities that we're asked to do to really promote diversity and inclusion are activities that are so necessary and needed. Um, you know, I feel not just an obligation, but I feel a strong desire to be a part of those initiatives, particularly ones that are going to result in me being able to mentor young students and trainees or things that allow me to be at the table and share my own personal experience as a Black physician and offer an alternative perspective. I think those things are so important, but I think what happens is we don't place the appropriate amount of value on those activities, right? And I think this is a real struggle for students of color. It's a real struggle for trainees and faculty. 
because we know that the things that are going to get you to the next level, like making sure you are um, doing your work from a classroom base and making sure you're able to show up and perform on the clinical wards or making sure that you're able to publish manuscripts because that's the thing that's going to get you promoted. These other activities that are so critically important to to the environment um, and the milieu of an academic institution are not valued the same. And it's it's such it's such a problem. And so I reference this in the paper, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard when you are asked to put your otherness on display and it feels like it is not something that people really value um, in the ways that are tangible in academia and really allow you to thrive in that environment. How frustrating is that? You know, it's it's pretty frustrating, um, you know, on the one hand, like being involved in that work is so gratifying. Like I, I think it's important. I think it's vital that I show up and that I am visible um, and that I am using my voice and my sphere of influence um, whenever I can. But it's almost like you get asked to do these things, you know, because on the surface it seems to be important, but you don't have the appropriate protection from a time perspective or from a compensation perspective to really dedicate and thrive um, and, 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 you know, really prioritize this work. So it's always something that is done in addition to all of your other responsibilities, which become really hard. And I think it's something that unless you're in that space um, and you're living it, I don't know that a lot of people have a true appreciation of what, of, of how taxing that can be. We don't have a true appreciation, a true appreciation of how taxing that can be. I don't. I've yeah. been asked to do work for free. I've done it. And I would never dream of saying I know what the, this experience feels like. The, 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 that whole journey, like you said, you know, it's the manuscripts that are going to get you promoted. We've talked about this on in this space before and on social media before. Like, that's crazy making. Uh, yeah. We, we, we must have a more robust way to allow people who are doing work to move forward in our promotions tracks. But I, I think one of the things about this piece that's so helpful is that we don't understand it, but this brings brings us towards understanding. And the difficulty I would submit is that when we don't understand things, it's just easier to step away from that tension, again, that word, and just say, I'm not ready. I don't want to. There's a pandemic right now. We can't do it. No, we read articles like this. We participate in the Journal of Hospital Medicine chat on Twitter. We present ourselves in a way of wanting to do better and get better because it will impact patient care. It will impact our teams and it will impact ourselves. So we, we, we still have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, you're right. And that's, it's, it's, you're, you're totally right. It goes back to the tension, right? Like I can fully admit that processing all of this is really exhausting on an individual level. Um, but I am also, really cognizant of the moment and the small role that I can play in highlighting the issues that 
my black colleagues, my black students, my black trainees, what what they're going through. And if I can play a role in that, I will. But I think it is it is something that doesn't come without a cost. Um, and I think the cost is really emptying out your bucket and how how you do that and still try and show up and have something left for your family and your friends and yourself. It's, it, it is really tricky because you can really become consumed with the obligations and the untold or, you know, unstated, you know, expectations to really show up. Um, and I certainly feel that on a daily basis. I have a, a rueful grin on my face because our profession, I would say, is apex level at emptying out the buckets of those who've chosen to pursue it. I love being yeah. a doctor. I love being in the profession of medicine in the United States, and it will empty the bucket in short order. So then how do we acknowledge we have to do this work together, right? The word allyship comes up in your essay a number of times. Yeah. How do we refill our own buckets? How do we help plug holes in our allies' buckets? How do we sustain one another? Because we are going to do this for probably the remainder of our careers and also elevate others to pick up and to drive even further than we want to go. Yeah, Mark, that's a great question. And I think it's a really important one. I think we, we touched on like the the unawareness that's associated with what it's like to be in academia and be a URM. And I think I have felt such support from my friends who I consider allies. And I think that sense of awareness, the the desire to really do more and contribute to cultivating an inclusive environment is super important. You know, I would say one of the biggest one of the biggest things I think an ally can do is really um, not be afraid to use their voice and their influence. It can be something as straightforward as speaking up when either our patients or a colleague of color or um, a student um, is experiencing bias or microaggressions. Um, I think a lot of times when we are silent because we don't know what to say or what to do, it can really breed more feelings of isolation. And so I think being able to speak up when you can is an incredibly important role of an ally. Because a lot of times, you know, I'm always grappling in my head, is it worth is it worth me saying anything? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is this something that I am really going to speak up on now? Or do I need to really just turn a, bl- a blind eye and not fight this battle? And I think that feeling is compounded in our students and in our trainees because of the hierarchy. I would say allies who are in senior uh, leadership positions, you know, I think this is where using your power and influence to really advocate for change in our policies and our procedures that really compound or exacerbate 
um, inequities, whether we're talking about inequities in promotion, inequities for our patients and families. This is where allies and those who really want to make a difference can really make their presence known by really using using the power and influence they have, just like you know I will do in my position. But there's something um, great about having power in numbers, um, and I think you know no one wants to be the lone voice or the sole person speaking up on behalf of all of the things that are going wrong. And so I think allies playing that role is critical. Um, And I think it really is something that cultivates an anti-racist environment. So then what do you think the importance of having allies, not just in practice, but also in official position or official title? And I ask this with a specific second question in mind, which is, we both have acknowledged here, and I think we've been in part of conversations on on social media, and I've talked about on the show before, how we can really take the opportunity of what the COVID-19 pandemic is doing to revamp how we promote people within the profession. If it's important that we have people in positions of title who are allies, does it not then stand to reason that this is probably the right time to revamp how we move people into positions of title by looking at the other activities you mentioned earlier? And I think it's probably the second time I mentioned it because it landed with me. It's the manuscripts that lead to promotion. That's dumb. Um, It can be part of it. I'm fine with that being one of the variables in the equation, but I would hope that we can be a little bit more agile and a little bit more conscious of what other things people are doing to contribute. What is the importance, though, of people who are allies being in positions of title? Yeah, I mean, I you, I think you are spot on. I think the reality is that we, you know, are really lacking in the number of Black physicians who are in academia, right? I think we're um, just under 4% of Black physicians in academia, so the reality is we're going to have allies who are in senior positions and we need them to advocate for change. Right. And it is about thinking, broadening our thinking and not just thinking about promoting people based on manuscript publications, but thinking about the various skill sets and passions um, that individuals have and what they bring to the table and really making sure that we are prioritizing mentorship and sponsorship, Mm. um, that we are taking a deep dive to learn about what is this person passionate about and what are the opportunities on an institutional level um, that will allow this individual to thrive. I don't feel like that's done enough. Um, I think a lot of times in academia, it's just easier to do the traditional thing and consider the same people and not really think about how we truly sponsor people, not just in the name of diversity, but because they bring unique skill sets to the table. And I think we we really need to look at this. Um, I think it's uh, what we're doing right now isn't working. Um, and I think this is a real, real opportunity for academic medicine to do it differently. And we need people in positions of power to really push this agenda. You know, as I, as I have been reflecting, you know, one of the things that I struggle with, you know, I, you know, this, this burden of, you know, having to 
be at your best as a Black physician because your performance and your ability to deliver is a reflection on um, all of the other Black physicians that come behind you, right? You can't really function as an individual. And in the same light, when there are opportunities for sponsorship, you worry about what are people thinking? Like, am I just moving up the ranks because, you know, I am someone who is considered as an asset to add to diversity. And there's often this assumption that if you are prioritizing diversity, you are deprioritizing being qualified for the position. And I think it's time for us to really try and dispel these myths because that's what they are. And I think allyship is really important here. Um, and I think it's it's something when done well, it can really change the culture and climate. The 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 cognitive dissonance that all of these myths can put the mind of someone through is just staggering as I'm listening to you just thinking what this must feel like you know we talked about the bucket getting emptied out man that just uh, it, it would be it's a frazzle and so I'll just yeah. ask you as you're navigating all of that and also being one of the people who wants to drive towards change what is one thing you're doing to sustain yourself what is something that you're finding effective you say you know what for me this is keeping some some water in the bucket while I'm still in the midst of this this crucible I'm still this this works one thing that I really try to do is you know really be anchored to the why and think about the purpose behind everything that I do. You know, I, I never knew that academic medicine would be where I would land. You know, when I went into medicine, I truly thought I was going to do primary care. I was going to go through residency and be out in the community and, you know, academic medicine Um, My exposure to it as a resident really opened my eyes to what I could do um, and the role I could have. And so I think, you know, being grounded to purpose really helps me. I would say having safe spaces to talk to people who can relate to my experience is vital. Um, You know, I have a couple of friends, we've been doing wellness walks once a week since the pandemic hit, and it has been so therapeutic to be able to process um, with folks who who get it. Um, And, you know, I I think it's important to be able to talk about these things out loud because when you internalize them, it can be really hard. And I think having trusted friends, peers, colleagues, advisors is incredibly important. And then, you know, I think there's times where, you know, I'm getting better at this. I'm not, I'm not good at this, you know, in terms of saying no, but I think that is critical. I think in order to be at your best, I think you have to be really honest with yourself about when you need to say, you know what, I'm not in a space where I can really do this right now. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, that, that that's something that I really struggle with. But it's something that I think is super important for just maintaining sanity and, you know, being able to give your best to everything that you're doing. I am glad that you have these tools because you have stepped into this tension. You've brought us along with you. 
and it's it's important that you've done so. This article in Journal of Hospital Medicine is fantastic. It's available open source. There's links in the show notes to it. And I'm glad that you're also able to sustain yourself because we're going to be at this for a while. So the essay is fantastic. Thank you for writing it. I would really encourage everyone who's listened to this, make sure you take the opportunity to read it and share it and spend some time with it. And as we go forward and you're going to continue doing your work, writing, sharing, sustaining, how do people find you and follow you? Yeah, I, so I am on Twitter. Um, I consider myself a relative Twitter no, uh, novice, but you can find me at, at Indeedy Yunaka. That link will also be in our show notes as well. Indeedy, I really appreciate you taking the time. You didn't say no when I invited you, and I'm Thanks. grateful to you. I know that you have a lot going on. I know that there's a lot of pings that are coming your way. I'm really grateful that you didn't say no. I'm really excited that we were able to have this conversation. This was very, very special. Thank you so much for coming on. Mark, thank you so much. I am honored to, to chat with you, and I really appreciate, appreciate everything that you've done. Thank you. My thanks once again to Dr. Unaka for joining us in this episode of Explore the Space podcast. And thanks once again to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's executive MBA and executive fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. Don't forget to check out the link in the show notes. If you'd like to listen to Dr. Unaka on a panel in the Virtual Pediatric Hospital Medicine 2020 Annual Meeting, speaking about the impact of racism in medicine. There are links to that in the show notes. Please check those out. There's also a link to the article that she and I discuss in this episode, Truth, Intention, Reflections on Racism in Medicine. And you definitely should follow her on Twitter, at Ndidi Unaka. Thanks to all of you so much for listening. We will be back with more episodes soon. Until then... Take good care of yourselves, and as always, maintain physical distancing, continue to wash your hands, wear your masks, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com, and please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show, and you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com. 